We are SC Podcast. Gary Passwitz joined by Daryl Rideau. And Daryl, we're sitting here talking after the Wednesday practice of the bye week for the Trojans. And so kind of want to focus on the bye week and, and what's going on here this week. Kind of, kind of look at what Clay Helton has talked about, what he is looking to get accomplished. Kind of compare that to what Pete would do when you were playing and how he would utilize the bye week. And then want to go over some of the key players, some of the key young players mm-hmm. that, that Clay was talking about. But just talk, you asked Clay specifically, what are your goals uh, here for the bye week? And talk about the answer that he gave. You know, I was pleasantly surprised to, to hear how Clay Helton acknowledged the value and importance of a, of a bye week. Considering last season, uh, Darnold's last season here at USC, they didn't have a bye week. They didn't have that opportunity to kind of exhale, reflect back, look at the things that they did well, look at maybe some of the tendencies that they're perhaps revealing or overexposing, going back to be able to self-evaluate. That was the term that he used and that I really latched on to. But, but what, what, what struck me most about about hearing his response was how detailed, the point of emphasis, things that he wanted to see accomplished, getting younger guys more reps, guys that he perhaps may have to depend upon for this this stretch of eight games moving forward that w- could really impact this program the way that he'd like them to but had to rely, rely heavily on veterans to get into the bulk or to build momentum into the season. So w- when you hear Clay talk about um, the significance of going back to fundamental football, going back over certain pass rush techniques to perhaps to give the defensive line some extra techniques that they could benefit from to gain that edge, which may lead to additional sacks. Then also talk about the corners, you know, really going back to the fundamentals and the technique uh, of the of the position because he knows that he's going to have to depend upon them in man coverage in, in order to increase the amount of interceptions. But more importantly, he talked about creating the spirit of competition, Gary, getting those younger guys, those extra reps so that they can play free without worrying about being yanked or pulled out of a game or preparing for a game. Just being able to take the information that they've learned over the body of all of fall camp and then five games and be able to transfer that onto the field. It was refreshing to hear Clay talk about that. Yeah, and, and he referenced Levi Jones in, in that regard, talking about, hey, these these younger guys, who, you know, many of whom are a play away or, or they're that next guy up if we need them, yeah. um, and talking about Levi having his opportunity against Arizona when John Houston got hurt right. at the end of the first half. Levi gets two tackles for losses. And it's no surprise for those of us who have been watching Levi in the practice field who have long wondered, boy, when, when this guy gets his shot, he's really going to be something. Right, right. And to hear Clancy Pendergast, defensive coordinator, talk talk highly about Levi's progress. How you know he he's been averaging roughly about fifteen, 15 to, to yeah fifteen yeah. to twenty to twenty five plays, um, but when he comes in, he's making the most of those efforts. And so when Clay talks about him, perhaps and amongst others, being maybe a play away, what he's really referring to is. They're starting to get it. They're mm-hmm. starting to click. The more that they get into games under certain defensive coverages or offensive coverages, depending on who you're talking about, but since it's Levi, let's talk about the defensive side. Um, when they're in certain formations, how are teams, A, attacking him, but in, in certain formations where his landmarks are so that he can put himself in position to make plays? And what we're seeing is not, not so much of a drop-off because of the body of work that he's starting to accumulate over the course of the weeks. But now he can go back and reevaluate his plays and performance, and the coaches can breathe and explain to him that if you just do this a little bit different or go back and perhaps watch guys alongside of you, you know, like um, Houston, and you do it a little bit like he's doing it, that'll be the difference between a deflection 
in a tackle for loss or a sack. Mm -hmm. And those are critical when you're talking about going into an eight-game stretch where you're going to rely upon more than just the, the uh, initial 11 that you rotate. And like he said, mentioning about the pass rush, that was one thing he was looking at. And not younger guys, but he was Clay was talking about, hey, we need someone besides Porter. He yeah. mentioned Christian Rector. He mentioned uh, Jordan Iosefa as guys. Um, but I want to switch back. You just mentioned Clancy Pendergast. And Clancy talked about something that I thought was really interesting. Uh, he said they, they, they had a meeting, and Clancy sat back and got to watch, and he said, we let the freshmen explain what was going on, explain what they see. He goes, I want to see if they can turn around right. and explain it to me. Uh, the first guy he mentioned was Kanai Manuga yeah. as doing a good job with that. I don't, was that something Pete ever did with you guys? I, I thought that was really neat that Kanai did Pete that. I wish Pete would have done something like that, you know, because what that reminds me of is your first day or your first year as a freshman on the campus of whatever university you go going to, mm -hmm. but for us it's USC. Sitting in the back, sometimes you're hesitant and you want to ask that necessary right, question. Right. Instead, you might write a little note well, I have to imagine that the freshmen were not expecting this. So to be called on the spot, it, it somewhat empowered them. It gave them an opportunity to have a voice in the meeting room and now regurgitate information that they've learned over over the course of, like we talked about, fall camp in, in the, the, the um, over the last five weeks, and now relay that back and convey certain techniques or how they would you know place certain things and go on the board and teach the veterans. That's fun because now that, that gets everybody dialed in, and because in the future you never know when your name is going to be called, you want to be prepared, you know. But um, but he, he he did he did highlight one of the freshmen, and he was thoroughly impressed with um, is it Mauga? Ma Ma Mauga. Yeah, Mauga. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he mentioned Marlon Tuipiloto. He mentioned EA. Right. Uh, and, and, quite and a for few coach, guys. You got to feel gratitude knowing that everything that you talk about, uh -huh. even though these guys are the silent ones in the room in in most cases, but they're able to regurgitate it. That almost gives you confidence in saying that, yeah, you don't get the reps that we would like to see you have because, you know, certain guys are in front of you, but if we had to call your number and put you out there, we at least know you're going to be where you're supposed to be. And we were talking about it getting ready for the podcast. That has to score a lot of brownie points yeah. if you're a Kanai Mauga. It does. Any of them. Yep. And you step up there and, and, and you know your stuff. Right, right, That's right. That's a way to really garner yeah. respect from the coaches and the veteran yeah. players. And, and the benefit of of a, of a break like this allows for guys who are nicked up to get, you know, some extra rest because it is a long, grueling season. But when those guys are getting that extra rep, guys like Mauga get an opportunity to go out there and showcase their skills. And for me, as uh, that experience under Pete Carroll came in 2001, when Pete came in, I was still a younger guy, but I was a dual sport athlete, ran track and also played football. So as Pete was trying to evaluate who was really dialed in and who was not, um, I lost favor with him because he was relying upon the guys that he can see every day to evaluate who's, you know, who, who's going to be the leaders of this team. And so I had to fight, scratch, and claw. And it wasn't until perhaps a week like this where I got an opportunity where there was no pressure of game planning mm -hmm. for him to really see, wow, we got to figure out a way to get you on the field. Because I think that there's some production out there that you can give us that perhaps I can't focus on because we're having to prepare for the next opponent and then start pre-preparations for the week following that. So to slow things down again and be able to put you out there in space and watch production or watch you play at a high level is, is 
the, the most rewarding thing that a younger player can ever ask for is a platform where they can go out and compete for time. And I think we saw that with Williams on the offensive side of the ball. And, and let's talk about that. I was about to go to that next. Is uh, Clay mentioned a few guys, and we saw a few guys today yeah. that kind of said, let's start off on offense. Uh, Devin Williams, yeah. as you just mentioned, I, I, I thought he had a, a very nice day today. Um, and you're starting to say, boy, it's 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 coming. You know what's interesting man. about him? And because I've had a chance to watch him over the weeks. And in practice, he shows you flashes. Oh, sure. Okay? And oftentimes, we're not necessarily seeing that translate onto the field because of the amount of reps he has. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you one thing, Gary. There's been a lot of comparison to him and Mike Williams. But it was around this time of the year, in Mike's freshman year, right, right after the K-State game, right. where we had to come back and – it was like the light bulb clicked for him. Ooh, and we're ever. seeing Devin Williams in practice make some big plays. I mean, he's really showing up, and he's going up against the better of our corners, and he's winning his fair share of battles. He's starting to really understand the significance of his body size right. and how to use it. And with his size, he creates such a complimentary um, matchup that is going to be something that USC can exploit moving forward if they're trying to find additional um, reps for other receivers to supplement the tight ends. Yeah, and I, I thought his most impressive play today, it wasn't against a big year. It was against a walk-on corner. In fact, I think it was the final rep of the day uh, where they just threw him a quick hitch and he made the catch. And the, the, the corner was right on him and yeah. really gave an aggressive strip attempt to try to get the ball out. And, and Devin wasn't having it. Right. And, and he, he held onto the ball. Like you say, that's, that's advantage of, a, a sign of him use, taking advantage of his size. Another guy that Clay mentioned from this week that he was impressed with, and I love hearing it, is Marquis Stepp. Yeah. Um, 230-pound young man who is not going to play this year, barring right. any, any kind of running back, injury. Right? Running back, yeah. yeah. But, 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 but this kid, just he is – he is your big boy. He's a bell cow of the future. Yeah, I he mean, is. you know, when, when you think of Avai Malapii and, and what he means to short yardage, I think of Marquis Stepp filling in that role in the future. But right now, the reps that he's able to give the starters is the best preparation that he could right. ever have if you're going to have to rely upon him sometime in the future. May not be this year, right. but boy, oh boy, he is that big body type that you're looking for. And I'm just letting you know um, that the stable at USC – they're they're pretty deep. That's that, that that's one in the stable right now. That remember for the future. That yeah. th th this this kid is a big boy and he runs yeah. hard. Uh, flip it over to defense. Down 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 on the defensive front. Two guys that he mentioned, uh, Brandon Peely and Hunter Eccles. Yeah, Daryl. They you know, Clay keeps on talking about a need for more pass rushers and the ability to get there, and they keep on talking about Hunter's unique ability to rush the passer. Right. We talked about him filling out now. Yeah. And, and he's getting bigger. And then obviously with Brandon Peely, we yeah. all know those flashes of athleticism. Look. And Clay said, now we just need to turn that into production right. when he's he, running around And, back and there. it's interesting, Gary, because when you hear the coaches gloat about his um, uh, Hunter Eccles, they really talk about his body type. Yeah. And it's unique. Yeah. And his ability to contort his body his lean. Yeah. and yeah. lean. You know, and again, I know this might be slippery. blasphemy. Yeah. yeah. But um, – I heard someone compare him to a younger Willie McGinnis in Ooh. terms of body type. Right. Okay. Now, uh, granted, if he can give half the production <laughs> of a Willie, I think this program will be well off. But for him to have the confidence and really start to come into his own, and the way that Clancy runs a right and left type of style, uh -huh. that allows for him to put one dominant foot in the ground and learn to plant and learn to lean and learn to uh, rip and claw and swim and learn certain techniques that he could utilize. It's when younger players are bouncing from left side to the right side, weak side to the um to, to the strong side, confuses them. 
And so to, to break things down to its simplistic form and say, look, we're going to create some packages for you, and we think that you can fill these roles. So learn to be great at what you do with the minimum amount of opportunities and see what type of production you can get. That's what I think that this this coaching staff is hoping that they can get out of a Hunter Eccles. Well, it'd be nice to see. Uh, two other players that he mentioned, uh, Palaie Naote Ote. And uh, he even admitted, he goes, hey, you know, it's probably not a guy we're going to see a lot and we haven't seen a lot of so far. Right. He's playing behind Cameron Smith. Right. Oh, okay, we get that. Yeah. But you are going to need him next year, Cameron is a senior obviously right. that's one thing I always thought Pete did so well was if he, if he was going to need a guy next year yep. he made sure to get his feet wet right uh, in, in the in the year before but I also you know the, the other guy that he mentioned is Elijah Griffin and that's no surprise yep. Elijah's on the cusp he's getting that playing time that's your position right talk about what you're seeing from Elijah so far you know OG is the, the nickname that they gave him uh -huh. um, Elijah Griffin is an extraordinary talent you know, with hands of a wide receiver, very fluent, long, rangy arms, can play man coverage and off coverage, and he's a volume corner. And what I mean by that, Gary, is the longer he's on the field, mm -hmm. the more he starts to fill himself, and he'll start to take calculated chances. He hasn't had the opportunity yet to take calculated chances. And it kind of reminds me of the time that I had to rotate in with Chris Cash. Um, rotating in as a corner forces you to kind of look over your shoulder wondering if I give up a play am I going to be pulled out mm -hmm. or will I have the opportunity to at least see the rest of this series out and what that does for a corner is when you have to look over your shoulder it forces you to maybe hesitate coming out of your break and that's the difference between the um the in rushers collapsing the pocket getting to the quarterback or creating an interception or a deflection the it, it's very subtle and in, in the the degree of, of, of um, success and failure is oftentimes your reaction time. So to see Elijah Griffin accept those challenges. And I expect for him to use this week to kind of catapult himself into a starter's rotation because moving forward, he can give you the type of production that Jack Jones gave you. Whether or not um, they'll continue to rotate, I think will largely depend upon how these next uh, the, the next week goes mm. into preparation. But I think that he's one who merits enough time to give himself an opportunity to be successful. And I think the only way you can do that is to leave him in for a full quarter and allow him to kind of find his rhythm in the game. And then uh, just want to make one final thought, and that's on Talanoa Hufanga because Clancy, oh, yeah. Clancy Pendergast made a statement that really, uh, whoa, uh, he talked. He was talking about Marvell Tell. He goes, obviously, Marvell Tell doesn't come off the field for us, and uh, Talanoa, he's not coming off the field either. Whoa, that after, says a lot. After a couple games, that's after what you're a couple saying. Of games. Yeah, that's what you're saying. You know, <laughs> and and I asked him the question. Um, your your system is predicated on consistency, and he raved about uh, Talanoa Hufanga's. Uh, progression uh -huh. over after three weeks he's really kind of finding his rhythm within the defense now keep in mind the strong safety as much as the free safety calls the signals the strong safety is asked to do a lot they're asked to see a lot in the run game help as a linebacker but also shore up and cover tight ends mm -hmm. and his ability to understand his landmarks and kind of find his spots I think the best illustrated uh, situation was a couple of weeks ago where he had this beautiful break got there so early that he was able to just kind of slap the ball down now in the future if he puts his other ball up that's a pick six going the other way mm -hmm. so um his and, and i stood i sized him up today he has wide shoulders wide body style uh size i think he is the safe the free safety of the future 
But right now, he's going to give this defense the best opportunity to shore up the secondary by his consistency and his progress. He's now seeing the field a little bit differently mm -hmm. with the consistency of playing there without having to look over his shoulder. And Clancy also mentioned that he and Marvell work well together and right. communicate well together. And that so helps. Always a good thing, yeah. Well, that's our report here from USC Bye Week. For Dover Doe, this is Gary Pasquitz. You're listening to the We Are SC Podcast.